Romans chapter 1, please, if you would. Romans chapter 1, if you're using the Bibles there in the chairs, it's page 669, 669, Romans chapter 1. Now, <clears throat> because this is uh, Missions Emphasis Month, I always try to preach a message about missions. But, you know, once sometimes it is more important that uh, we listen to the Spirit of God, is it not? You know, often, you know, we can program God right out of church. Did you know that? <clears throat> you know, we get in our little, our, you know, me, me in particular, we get into our little series and, and God says, hey, I want you to preach this. And I, hey, that's not part of the series, you know. And, uh, but anyway, so uh, this morning y- you may think, wow, this message has got nothing to do with missions. And uh, I, I, I think that um, it has a lot to do with missions, actually. But it's not the it's not the message, if you, if you would, that I would have picked. Does that make sense? Uh, this I believe is is from God, and and uh, God used this to speak to my heart, and I trust He will do the same for you. Recently, I was reading an article written by a pastor for pastors. Okay, it's this is. Uh, uh, it's out there. It's out there uh, on the internet. Uh, but anyway, uh, he was specifically uh, writing this article to pastors, and the the article, the main thrust of the article was gratitude. <clears throat> Think about that word for a second. And here, a pastor is writing to other pastors. He's not. He's not writing to the unsaved world. He's not writing this to to churches. He's writing it to pastors because I believe that pastors can be a group of people that can can be a, become cynical. And when cynicism sets in, gratitude goes out the window. As I read the article, the, the deeper and deeper I got into the article, the more I started to agree with the article. And, and, and one of the Statements. Well, this is not a quote, but this is kind of a statement that he makes. <clears throat> that he says that the, 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 there is a generation of young people that do not appreciate the sacrifice of others. He gave an example of a young missionary family that came to his church. And the people of his church treated them with kindness and gave them a very generous love offering and just just went out of their way to be especially uh, uh, an a special blessing to this family as they were endeavoring to do what they believe God wanted them to do. Upon uh, leaving that church, the church never received a thank you note, a phone call, an acknowledgement of any kind of thanks for the sacrifice of the people to help this family. And as, as, as sad as that is, uh, it's happened to our church as well. We have, you know, we have, if you don't realize it, we have a special church. And, and, and our people are giving people. Uh, you, 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 you folks give and, 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 <clears throat> I know for a fact that some of you uh, give beyond what 
humanly speaking, you should give. In other words, you sacrifice. And that's the way it ought to be. But at the same time, gratitude must be a part of our lives. And I started thinking about this idea of gratitude, and I started, I started looking at verses and, and, and kind of really kind of delving into it a little bit more after reading this short article from this pastor. And, and I came across a verse, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. It says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall uh, be watered also himself. And I started thinking about it, and this idea of gratitude, when, when we are thankful, when we distribute, or to distribute when we demonstrate uh, a gratitude in our own lives, there is a sense of freedom, is there not? I, I mean, it, it's incredible. When, when, we, when we sacrifice, when we give, there, you know, the, the liberal soul shall be made fat. There, you know, there, there is a freedom and a, and a, and a joy that, that, that sets down deep in our hearts that cannot be purchased with money. It, it comes from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Every man, uh, <clears throat> every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. So here we see the the fact that there are people that give grudgingly. They only give out of necessity or because they feel like they have to. And when when we give freely, we have freedom. There's a there's a liberty. There's a freedom in that. But when we give grudgingly, what do, what do we have? We have a, uh, a, a restraint or a, 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 a burden. That's not what God wants. God wants to bless us. And, and, and it's important you get this because <clears throat> it's not what you give. It's how you give. And we need to get a hold of that. Because I don't know about you, but I love God to bless my life. I I, I mean, that's I don't give so that he blesses, but I give, and because I give, he blesses. And there's a again, there's that, that, that sense of liberty and freedom in that. The article that I was reading went on to say this. Again, this is not a direct quote. These are summations of mine. Gratitude says a lot about who we are. If we are people that are thankful, we are people that are concerned about others. If we are concerned about others, then missions giving comes naturally, does it not? We will also be people, excuse me, that not only will give, but will be people that will go. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of let a cat out of the bag right now. I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
We showed pictures of the Keeling's home this morning and the devastation that happened and, and you know, the, the, the mudslide that, that devastated their home. And <clears throat> several months ago, well, let, let me back up. Now, uh, how many of you remember Pastor Stevens? Okay, most of you remember Pastor Stevens. Susan Keeling is Pastor Stevens' daughter. And several months ago, Pastor Stevens called me, uh, and and most of you know that I have a construction background and that I've been on multiple mission trips and so on and so forth. He called me and said, would you go with the group to rebuild the house? And to be perfectly honest, I I told him no. I, I, I just... I didn't feel like with the responsibilities here at the church that I could be gone that long uh, and, and so on and so forth. But the need is still there. So what did I do? I asked Bob. No, I'm serious. I asked Bob, I said, Bob, they need help. Now, it's not official yet, okay? We're not, we're not raising money yet. Bob is still trying to get approval from work to be absent and, and, and so on and so forth. And he's got a, a, an issue with his birth certificate because uh, he needs that for a passport. But, you know, the really good thing is they'll let you out of the country. They just won't let you back in. <laughs> anyway... So, so I approached Bob. I said, I, I said, Bob, would you be willing to go? And I, I don't even know if you really even thought about it, but he, he absolutely, he said, absolutely, I'd love to go. See, what, what, and I'm not trying to build Bob up or anything, and that, that's not my point here, but my point is this. It is a direct reflection of the kind of heart that he has. And... If any of you want to go with them, you're more than welcome. It's going to be very expensive. Um, and, and when the time comes and we get all the ducks in a row and Bob gets the thumbs up that he can do it, we as a church are going to start raising money uh, for that. Because it, it, we we got to do it like right now. Because we got to buy tickets and they're going in January. So uh, this is something that was going to happen pretty quick. Pray that all those things happen and, and align and Candy's back there going, yes, get him out of here. <clears throat> hey, there you go. There you go. That would be awesome. That, that'd be awesome if you would go too. But anyway, uh, uh, the, the title of my message this morning is, is kind of different and uh, that's okay. Uh, griping or gratitude? Uh, griping or gratitude? And really... Uh, that describes, those two words describe everybody in this room this morning. Unfortunately. Hopefully, everybody is on the gratitude side. I I found uh, uh, something very interesting that Paul, in his list of... Depravity. The, Paul, Paul in, in Romans <clears throat> chapter 1 gives us a list 
of, uh, of depravity, uh, the depravity of man. And in that list is ingratitude. Let's start reading uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because <clears throat> that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but came, uh, excuse me, but became vain in their uh, indignation, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be, uh, <clears throat> they became, excuse me, professing themselves to be wise, <clears throat> they became fools. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Ingratitude. We also see ingratitude in Second Timothy chapter two, verses three, uh, one through five. It says, "This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come." For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Uh, There you go. That's the word. Uh, Unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, uh, despisers of those things that are good, traitor, heady minded, uh, high minded, uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, for such from such turn away. And here we see uh, in, in verse 2 the specific idea of being unthankful or uh, 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 ungrateful is a, is a sign of the end times. And here we are living in a, in a, in a world where... <clears throat> Uh, ingratitude is uh, permeated our society. If you look at this list in Second Timothy chapter three, you will see the idea of ungratefulness or ingratitude embedded in many of these these characteristics. Entitlement is the death of gratitude. Never in the history of the world have we <clears throat> had a generation that believes themselves to be more entitled uh, than today. When a person feels that they are owed a certain luxury, they fail to see the gifts of God in their lives. Think about that. The older I get, and I'm getting old, I, I, I realize I'll be 58 next month, or not next month, in December. Man, I'm almost to the big 6 Yeah, well, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Only by a month, buddy. <laughs> uh but the older I get, the more I realize how unimportant stuff is. It's, like, it's almost like we spend a lifetime accumulating stuff that's going to make us happy. And then when we get older, I'm not old yet, I said older. Okay? When, we get, when we get older now, then all of a sudden that stuff really doesn't 
mean a whole lot, does it? See, where is your heart this morning? Are Are you satisfied with what you have? I hope so. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness or uh, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift comes from God. My first point this morning, and I I need to kind of hurry here, uh, God's provision. God's provision. In the book of Luke, we see a story here. Turn, if you would, over to Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> there's a there's a story here that I believe <clears throat> uh, goes to the heart of gratitude. Uh, Luke chapter 17 verse 11 <clears throat> says, and it came to pass as they as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through uh, the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourself unto your priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down uh, on his face at, the, at his feet, giving him thanks. And uh, he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, where, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found. <clears throat> uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise. And go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we want to thank you for your love, for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, this is a little bit different subject this morning, but I ask that you would speak to our hearts through it, that you would encourage us and help us, dear God, to be a thankful people. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Here we see Jesus cleanse ten lepers but yet only one of them turned back to thank him. Gratitude. <clears throat> you know, there's, a, there's an old saying that says, there's, <clears throat> there is someone who has it worse than me. And just about the time, usually, when I start feeling sorry for myself, God kind of always shows me somebody who's going through a little bit worse time than I am. And as I was contemplating this and, and letting it all sink in, this thought came to me. I have a pastor friend, I won't tell you where because it's not important. I have a pastor friend who a little over a week ago, his daughter committed suicide. And those of you, uh, my brother committed suicide, so you know I, I've I've dealt with this kind of pain. And here, this this family is is grieving because of this suicide. 
she had struggled with depression for many years and it, it finally just got the better of her. But it's, that's not where it stops. Not only is she a daughter of a pastor, she's also the wife of a pastor. She is also, she was the mother of two small children. And not only that, when she committed suicide, she was pregnant with the third. You know, we, we have this tendency to allow Satan the opportunity to convince us that our sorrow is worse than everybody else's. Don't listen to it. <clears throat> Don't listen to it. Because God's provision for us is greater than any problem that we can face. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory <clears throat> by Christ Jesus. Now, oftentimes we, we take this verse in the physical realm of supplying our needs our food, our housing, our, 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 our so on and so on and so on. But the reality is this verse goes far deeper than that. What about our emotional needs? What about, what about our, our spiritual needs? See, all of these things are inclusive. Our God not only meets our physical, but our emotional and our physical needs as well. We need to be people that are grateful for what God has given us. Because we live in a, in, in, a, in a country that God has given much to. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, when gratitude dies in the, on, the, on the altar of a man's heart, he is well nigh hopeless. And I, I believe that with all my heart. The second point I want to talk about this morning is God, God's denials. God's denials. See, we often complain about God not answering the prayers uh, that we want Him to answer, or, or, the, or, or sometimes He may not answer it the way we want it answered. The Apostle Paul struggled with what he calls a thorn in the flesh. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, "...and uh, lest I should be exalted above measure uh, through the abundance uh, of the revelations." There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should ex be uh, exalted above measure. They, they, I, I leave this verse up for a second, if you would, Chris. There's a very, very interesting word right in the center of this, of this, of this uh, 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 verse. The word is given. Now, oftentimes when we read this verse, we would interpret that word given as a burden to bear. Would, you, would we not? Just the context of it, we would think, we, at least for me, I almost, I almost imagine the, uh, Paul putting on a backpack, a heavy backpack, and it, it becoming a burden to him. But if you understand what that word truly means, what Paul is saying is he has given me a gift. It's not a burden to carry. It is a gift that he has given me. 
What an incredible thought. And, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. There was given me a gift of a thorn in the flesh. And way too often we interpret this thorn in the flesh as being something bad. And Paul is saying, look, it is a blessing from God. God's denials. Three times uh, Paul prayed to have this burden removed. <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he continues in, in uh, verses 9 and 10, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in the infirmity and in reproaches, in, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. What is Paul saying here in a very, in a very real sense? The denials, the burdens that, uh, that we interpret as burdens oftentimes are blessings in disguise. It is the very thing that God has given us that shows that we are dependent on Him. The, I'm sorry? That's every day. The, the, the man who wrote the article uh, Jeff Anspaugh wrote this. He said, Not all things that happen to us are good, but all things that happen to us are good for us. I like that. You know, there have been times that in my life, God's denials have been some of His greatest blessings in my life. Romans chapter 8, verses 28, it says, <clears throat> And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. The emphasis here is on the word all. That includes the good and the bad. That is all things. All things work together. And when, and when we are grateful people, we understand, like Paul, that those things are brought into our lives to grow us and to help us to be dependent on Him, but to demonstrate the mercy of God in, the, in our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, now I, I can tell you this. I know the will of God for you when it comes to the idea of gratitude. The, the, the will of God for you is be thankful. God does not desire any believer, any believer, to be a complainer or a whiner. His will for you is to be grateful. Many of you know Joni Erickson Tata. This is what she wrote. Giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful. It is a matter of obedience. Many of you know, like I said a moment ago, uh, uh, jo uh, Joni Erickson Tata. She is a quadriplegic. 
she wrote, giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful, but it is a matter of obedience. Why? Because it is the will of God that we be a thankful people. Paul understood better than we ever will the fact that the thorn in the flesh was not a curse, but a blessing. And the very thing oftentimes that we complain about and ask God to take away from us are the very things that God brings into our lives to make us and mold us into what he wants us to be. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. I don't know about you, but I would love to get to the place in my life where I want nothing. That would be an awesome place, would it not? Point number three, we've seen God's provisions, God's denials. Now we can, we're going to look at God's sovereignty. And, and no other person can I think of that better demonstrates this than Job. What was Job's reaction to the trials that came into his life? Job chapter 1, verses 20 to 22. And Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down on the ground and worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Now, I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, Job had no idea what God was doing or why he was allowing it. But he never quit worshiping God. He never one time blamed God. He never one time stopped trusting the sovereignty of God in his life. Somehow, some way, through it all, Job knew that God's got a reason for it. He said, hey, you know, he lost everything. He lost everything. He was an incredibly wealthy man. And he lost it all. He says, so what? I came into this world naked, and that's how I'm going to leave. Back many years ago, I remember uh, uh, <clears throat> watching the news. This last week, we had a little downturn in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the stock market and everybody starts freaking out and, and all that. Well, back when Sam Walton was alive and he was one of the richest men in the world, something very similar happened. And a news reporter asked him, I remember watching the news, and, and they, they asked him, Mr. Walton, in the last three days you've lost, I don't know, $100 billion, some crazy number. You know, I don't remember what it was. And how do you feel about that? And I loved his answer. He says, nah, it's just paper. He said, I came into this world with nothing, and that's how I'm going to leave it. And that, and that news reporter just stood there like with this look. On, it was awesome. But if you didn't know it, Sam Walton was a very, very strong, faithful believer. But see, he understood what Job did. You know what? It's just paper. It's nothing. 
the sovereignty of God. Even though Job's wife didn't understand it, Job did. In Job chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, it says, So when Satan, uh, <clears throat> so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils uh, for the sore, uh, from the sole of his foot to the crown. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he took him a, a pot shared uh, to scrape himself uh, withal. And he sat up among ashes. <clears throat> Basically what he was doing, he had, he had boils from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And he sat in an ash pile with a broken piece of pottery, scraping the pus off of his skin. Then his wife said unto him, Dost thou <clears throat> still re uh, re uh, retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. What was she admitting? She was admitting that uh, through all of that pain and suffering and all of that stuff, he still had his integrity. He still believed in the sovereignty of God. And there are going to be times in our lives where things are going to come through our lives and we're going to think, this is absolutely insane. But all we can trust in is the fact that God is still in control. God is still in control. Say it with me. God is still in control. Say it again. God is still in control. No matter what's going on. Job understood that. And, and <clears throat> if we are going to be grateful people, we are going to have to get a hold of that too. Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. For it is uh, God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring or disputings. God doesn't want us to be complainers. He wants us to be thankful. And a lot of times it boils down to the fact that we just believe the sovereignty of God. And we have to believe that whatever it is you're going through, there's a purpose for it. There's a plan. My friend that I mentioned earlier, this last week, they had the funeral for his daughter. Now, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine the grief and the heartaches and the heavy, the heaviness of it all. But not one time have I heard him, his wife, her husband, Anybody involved in it, not one time has any of them complained. In fact, on multiple occasions they have said, we're hurting, we don't understand what's going on, but God's in control. And we have to believe that. I don't know about you, but I find that to be very, very difficult. So let's bring it all around and kind of make an application here. What in the world does all that have to do with missions? <laughs> well, in my book, it has everything to do with missions. Because when our church and the people of our church <clears throat> remain grateful, we will be a giving church. We will be a church that is willing to sacrifice to help meet the needs of others. 
We will be the kind of people who will go out into our community and see the needs of others and try and meet those needs. We will be the kind of people when there's a, a need halfway around the world, we'll be willing to say, hey, I'll go. It has everything to do with missions. So let me challenge you with this thought, very, very simple thought this morning. Griping or gratitude will describe you this morning. Which one are you? Pretty simple. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for your word.